0: We're listening to the Deeper Dive podcast, hosted by Pastor Jamie Collins. Deeper Dive is a ministry of Jamestown Church located in Conway, South Carolina. Each podcast will dig deeper into a recent sermon topic or something from the news or culture that has a Christian worldview component. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Now, here's Pastor Jamie.
1: Hey, everybody. It is Pastor Jamie. Welcome again to this week's edition of our Deeper Dive podcast. As I said in the email I sent out to our church yesterday, what a wonderful day in the Lord again we had at Jamestown. We're continuing to see our numbers up. It was so encouraging. I saw some folks in worship this past week I have not seen in an awful long time. I was told one person had not been able to come to Sunday morning corporate worship in almost a year exactly, since the beginning of the global pandemic. So we are just so excited and thrilled to continue to see these numbers go down, and we're continuing to see some folks come back. I know many of our folks have received their vaccine, especially some of our older members, uh, those who are more susceptible to the bad side effects from the virus, so they've got that, and they feel safe to come back and we're we're grateful for that and and hopefully we'll continue to see more and more come back. It's also an exciting time around our church again, because we are getting closer and closer. To moving to our new building we 're very excited about that, and one day on a podcast i 'm going to have an actual date <laughs> that we can we can look to and be praying toward and planning for that is not today as we are still waiting on on that that date and one of those reasons I think is because those guys down there working they 're doing their very best to get us in there as as quickly as possible there 's just too many variables right now uh, to be able to say with any degree of certainty, when we're going to be able to move in officially. In preparation for that, um, we have been on our, during our Sunday morning services, we've been looking in our newest sermon series at the four pillars of the church. So these are four things that have to be a part of a biblical New Testament church And uh, we're looking at those four pillars and everything that falls under these four headings, which which I really believe is about everything we do as a church, or it should be. And it's not just doing these things or checking these boxes, but doing these things the way the Bible tells us to do them. So this past Sunday was week three of that series. We began by looking at the Great Commission, uh, and then we looked at the Word of God, and again, how these things look and operate in the context of the local church. And then this past week, we looked at our worship. So for today's Deeper Dive, I want to talk a little bit more about worship and worship in the context of the local church and Jamestown Church. How what, what we do as a staff and as the leadership of the, of the church and as a congregation what worship should look like based on what the Bible says and and how we are trying to to do worship the way the Bible tells us to do it. Our jumping off point, uh, of course, these these are more topical messages. Uh, We still want to preach biblical messages. Every point we looked at Sunday has scripture to back it up. But we use John chapter 4 as kind of the scriptural jumping off point where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well in verse 23. He says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. And again, we had a lot of other scripture references for Sunday, but that was our jumping off point. And um, in, in doing so, in, in starting the message, we, we looked at what the Greek word for worship uh, was there. It literally meant to bow or to kneel before as an act of reverence and allegiance uh, there's actually many words in the Greek uh, trans, uh, the Greek New Testament translated worship. Um, so I really wanted to begin the message by giving us a working definition, at least in the context of the church, what we were talking about Sunday, how we were looking at, at worship. And this is not the definition for worship. It's It's a description and definition of worship that I came up with just to help us as we began to think about it. And I want to read it again today as we dive a little deeper into this subject. Um, Worship means to reverently and obediently come before God with pure hearts to acknowledge, proclaim, and praise Him for who He is and all He has done. That, I think, is a good working definition of what biblical worship is and what we want to do when we gather corporately as the body of Christ, corporately and locally, as a local church, body of believers, we want to uh, worship that way. And I really want to, in addition to what I shared Sunday, and some of this will be a re- repeat or hopefully, again, a deeper look in, into it. Uh, I wanted, first of all, to talk about the direction of our worship. And I think this is, this is needed today today. And I said, I know it, it's, it's a no-brainer to say this, but, but to do it accurately, uh, we need to be reminded of the direction of our worship. Sometimes, I'm afraid, in, in our culture today, we have a consumer mindset. So when we think about worship, and we think about our worship service, let, let me back up just for a moment. Of course, when we talk about worship, we are to worship God every day, to give Him praise and honor, to approach Him with reverence and obedience, and to thank Him for all He's done, for all He's doing, and, and who He is. All right. So, But, but we're talking about our worship as a, as a church. So we come together, and I, I just fear that because in our culture, I think it was Burger King that used to have this, this slogan, um, your way, right away. And, and I'm afraid sometimes we've adopted that mindset and, and brought it into the church. And we've made worship more about the worshiper instead of the one who is worthy to be worshipped. So we need to make sure right off the bat that, that we keep worship about God. We are here to worship God. I challenged our people. It would be a good exercise for everybody before you get out of your car to come into the house of God, to worship together with your brothers and sisters in Christ, to just look yourself in that that mirror in your car and say out loud, this is not about me because it's not. Worship is not about me and you. Um, but but in, in today's world, we have people kind of selecting where they go to church based on how the worship at a particular church makes them feel. But that is not the, the purpose here. We, we come together to worship God, and, and the second our worship becomes about anyone or anything else, it ceases to be biblical worship. And we we have to come in here with that with that mindset that that this is this is not this is not about me. This is about me worshiping God because He is worthy. And you know, there's something that I've heard people say, and God help me, I've probably said it too. We'll we'll witness a, a church worshiping in in a certain way, maybe using music in a style that um that isn't to our liking and we'll say, I can't worship to that. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, and again, I think I've probably said that before. I I can't worship to this. Um what what are we really saying with that? I I, I think what we're saying is worship is about me and that that's not appealing to my my preferences. So I, I think I think we need to be careful not to make worship about us or about a preferred style of worship, whether that be the style of a building, um, the manner of dress of those in, in attendance, um, or the style of, of music. You know, and, and again, I going to go back to our, our culture right, right now. We have a thousand choices for everything. You know, we can find things to our, to our liking, um, and I'm not saying that's that's wrong to have preferences because we all have have preferences. But worship should not start there, you know. I mean, we have different style churches. We have some that are known as contemporary or community style churches, and and it is full on contemporary. Uh, the dress is more modern and contemporary. The style of music they're they're doing the the church government is more um, modern and, and not traditional. And, and, you know, if you really, uh, feel comfortable in that, in that environment, there's nothing wrong with that provided that the worship being offered is in spirit and truth. You know, so we have to be, be careful. And look, you can also come in in a coat and tie and sing 200 year old hymns, um, and, and read from the King James Version Bible and your heart not be right and in, and in worship. See, it's not, it's, just, it's not about style. It's not about preferences. It's not about us. Worship is about the one being worship, you know, and if we make it about us, then who are we really worshiping? Our aim and our goal should be to try and, and please God. So that was the that was the the first thing we really looked at the the direction of our worship. We, we we need to make sure that God is at the center, and our goal should be to to honor Him and to glorify Him. And you know, when the service is over, the question shouldn't be, "Were the majority of the people pleased?" But was God pleased, and was God glorified? So that, that's that was the first thing we really looked at. The second thing I want to talk about that, that we that we mentioned Sunday is our preparation for worship. Our preparation for worship. You know, I really believe what we need to do is is to come into the house of God prepared for worship. And and one of the ways we can do that, you know, in addition to reminding ourselves that it's not about us, is is to make sure our hearts are right. When Jesus said to the woman at the well, the Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth, I really believe the idea is with with pure and sincere hearts. Um, I I only halfway joked uh, during the message, maybe we've got the order of service wrong, um, and maybe we should start the service with an invitation and confess our sins, and ask God to forgive us. The Bible says in 1 Timothy two eight, I desire that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. In, in, in other words, when he's talking about lifting up holy hands, he's not making a statement about being sanitary. Our hands represent our hearts. So we need clean hearts when we come to worship. So that's something we need to do before we walk in as well. So we 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 look in that mirror and say, this is not about me, it's about God. But perhaps we need to take some time in prayer, whether it's at our house or in the car before we come in, maybe your whole family can do this, just pause and say, God, Forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of my sin. Remove anything in my heart and life that that should not be there. And, you know, sometimes I think we just walk in and we expect the worship pastor or the pastor through his sermon or our Sunday school teacher or the people we're sitting with to kind of generate within us an emotional response so we'll feel like we have, have worshiped. But we really leave here empty. Instead, maybe before we come in, we should empty ourselves of pride, of selfishness, of our sin. If we're angry toward a brother or sister in Christ, we need to get right with them. We need to get right with God. And then let's come in here empty and through our worship, ask God to fill us with his presence and power finally we talked about the elements of our worship service and you know this is something even after 20 years of ministry that that i really feel like god is 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 continuing to speak to my heart about about what we do when we come together corporately you know and and I, I see my role as as the pastor to kinda of, kind of make sure we are doing what the Bible tells us to do when we come together. And you know, I think for some people, there's even not a lot of thought given to what the Bible says about our time together in in worship. And and if we're going to say that we are a Bible-believing church and that, that we want to have The Word of God at the foundation of everything we do, well, you know, that incorporates and means more than just shaping our beliefs, which is important, or that when we, you know, during our our time of preaching or teaching, that we adhere to, you know, the authority and sufficiency of Scripture, um, and certainly it, it does. But, it, you know, if we're going to say that, then we also have to look at what the Bible has to say about our worship. And the Bible has a lot to say about what we do when we come together corporately. So we looked at what these, these ingredients are. First of all, for example, uh, we're, we're to pray together. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So our worship service needs to include a time of prayer and um you know in the book of James it actually tells us how to pray for the sick corporately and you know so so we we do that we we approach God's throne together corporately there is truly something special and powerful that that happens when God's people come together and and pray. It's when the Holy Spirit of God fell before Pentecost. Um, You know, they were together in one accord in the upper room, and they were in prayer. Um, So, you know, we, we want that to be a part of our worship time together. Of course, we're going to take an offering. We don't just take an offering to pay the bills. We take an offering as part of our worship to God, and we have instructions for that, for example, in 1 Corinthians 16.1, about the collection of the saints, it being weekly. Um, and then you know, we also looked at, at a time of singing, and I made the point that the Bible doesn't say a time of music, it says a time for God's people to come together to sing. Now, of course, you sing music, but but the point is not necessarily in what instruments are being used, but but with our voices being the main instrument, where we are singing songs uh, as part of our worship. In, in fact, the Bible says in, in Colossians and Ephesians, but I, I'll read to you from Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing... With grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, this isn't just for the people who are great at singing. This is this is for all of the worshipers. And notice it says um, that this time of singing should be filled with wisdom, and it should be used to teach and admonish one another. You know, so that man, that right there is a mouthful when we think about it. So, sometimes when we think about worship, all we think about is music. And, and certainly that's not yet, as I've already pointed out, there there's prayer, there's giving, there's the preaching of God's word. I'll get to that in a moment. But it is a big part of what we do when we come together, but if we're not careful, you see you know music singing it, it's it hits our emotions and it it appeals to our flesh. Music is a powerful force um, but but it it can also be pleasing to the flesh right? So, you know, a, a song can, can do a lot of things. You know, a good biblical song sung in, in worship, you know, if, if the quality's good, if the arrangement is good, you know, it can appeal to the flesh and teach and admonish. You know, I guess that's the ideal thing. I mean, that's great to do both, but it is possible to have music in church that's not really theologically sound, not biblically grounded, but it still appeal to our flesh. And also because of our flesh and our different preferences, and we've we've already touched on this a little bit with our our preferences. Yeah, we all have different tastes. So if we're not careful, we will be drawn to one style of music and not really care if it's biblical or theologically sound, but we like it because it appeals to our flesh. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with it appealing to our flesh, but it's, it's not worshipful if it's not biblical and theologically sound. So, you know, what I want for us here at, at our church is rather than focusing on the style of the music being sung, let's focus on the substance. What is the song saying? Is it teaching and admonishing? Is it, is it enhancing our worship of, of God? Is it extolling praise on Him? Or does it simply appeal to the flesh? And, and, and you know, the, the Bible says here to minister to one another in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So so Paul is saying he, he's really using three different types of, of songs that that can be used to accomplish the same goal of worshiping God and teaching and admonishing believers. Now when he talked about the psalms, he's talking about the literal Old Testament psalms that we actually have in 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 our Bible. So you know, as part of our worship going forward here at our church, I want to make sure that me or Matt or Colin or somebody you know, actually reads one of these psalms. This is, this is these are songs, psalms, whatever you want to call them, that are actually divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. So you know there's, there's power there. And some people say, well, that's kind of boring, you know, just to get up and read Scripture. We need to have jam up music and rock it out and get people fired up. Um, again that that is all fleshly that that appeals to the flesh and of course you don 't want to come to church and do a bunch of um, slow drawn out songs i'm not i'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a mixture you know of, of maybe a faster song here or an upbeat song here but see something I used to do and and i 'm telling you god 's still teaching me stuff and and he really cleaned my my clock on this yeah i, I have a little bit of a background in music and singing in some trios and with Joyful Sound at North Greenville. And yeah, you know, when you, when you go to a church and you do a concert, you build a, a program and you look at your songs and you go, well, you know what? We need to start off with a fast one and then we need to transition with a, with a slower one. And then of course, at the end, before the invitation, you want your big number, maybe where you hit the high notes and, and you really cause people to get emotional. And, um, you know, that that's how you, how you build a, a program, you know. But when we're talking about church and we're talking about worship, we shouldn't look at the order of service like a set list. And that, that's what I was tempted to do. Let, let's look at it as a set list. What's going to get people fired up when, when, and excited when we want them fired up and excited? What's going to make them feel like they're worshiping when it's time to be worshipful? And, and, you know, going forward, we don't want to do that. We want to be biblical. And we want to pray that the Holy Spirit um, calls all the emotions. You know, we don't, we don't even need to try to manipulate that or try to create that. You know, I use the word manipulate. It sounds like you're doing something something bad. But, but you know, I, I can't stir people to worship. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So what, what we do... Me Matt Colin you know our our role is to be obedient to God in His word and just pray that the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can really genuinely do anyway through our music, and our goal here is going to be to be uh, blended in style now, when you say we're going to be blended in style right right away you're you're saying to those that want traditional only. There's going to be a portion of the worship service where you're not going to like the style. If you got somebody that says, hey, I want us to sound real contemporary and do some new music. Well, you will will get your wish for part of the service, but there's going to be other parts of the service where you're not going to like the style. Here's what I pray. Here's what I I want a mature disciple of, of Christ to do even if it's not your style, focus on the substance, because I will make you this this promise. I I know Mad is the song, uh, our our worship pastor, uh, but I feel like I'm the worship pastor too, because we're not just talking about music now. We're talking about the overall service. And I will make you a promise that everything we do is biblical. We're going to be biblical. If we're doing a song, no matter what the style is, no matter what the tempo is, no matter how old or new it is, the message will be timeless because the message will be built and grounded on the Word of God and sound theology. We want to teach and admonish through our music, not just conjure up emotions in, in, the, in the people. So, you know, pray with me as as we do that. Uh, we We're, we're going to strive to be Blended. We're going to use a variety of styles with one central theme and message. All right, and then we talk about preaching. Preaching is actually uh, a part of biblical worship, and uh, the Bible actually says we need to preach and read scripture. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.13 says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. We are not just a Bible-believing church. We are a Bible-preaching church. Now, that will put us at odds with a lot of people. Um, It's also going to make us different from some churches. And look, some churches, Some churches are growing very rapidly, and they have large congregations, and they have exciting professional musicians and times of, of worship, and maybe they have fun children's programs. But when we're selecting a church to attend, a place we're going to serve God through, a place where we're going to be discipled, and a place where we're going to worship God. I would, I would urge you, maybe you're listening to this and you're, you, you don't come to, to Jamestown. I'm not, I don't want to say this and for anybody to th- think of any specific church because I'm not when I say this. I, I have said this and believe this when I pastored in Pelzer, when I pastored in Liberty and Easley, and, and here as well. We need to faithfully preach the whole counsel of God. We as pastors, as church leaders, Sunday school teachers, we need to teach and preach the Word of God. Paul told young minister Timothy, preach the Word in season and out of season. And it's the Word of God that is profitable for doctrine and, and, and reproof and exhortation and encouragement. You know, we, there, there's several different philosophies of, of preaching, and I've, I've mentioned this already. But my philosophy here is to preach faithfully and accurately the word of God as revealed to us, and then let the work of the Holy Spirit do the rest. And you know what? In, in today's culture, that means there's going to be times where we are running and talking and preaching countercultural. You know, where where the world is saying, you know, this behavior is okay. And the Bible says it's not. We're going to go with the Bible. Some people say, look, man, you need to quit preaching that, that stuff. You're not going to reach the world like, like that. Um, you know what? The Holy Spirit reaches the world through us, and through uh, us being uh, faithful to His Word and, and the Gospel. I don't want to have a big church at the cost of preaching the Word of God. You know, I want our church to grow. I'd love that. But I want it to be a growth of the kingdom first. Was God hadn't called me as a minister, I say this a lot here at our church to to uh, to to fill a, a church. He's called me to fill a pulpit, and my my role and job is to preach faithfully the word of God, no matter what, no matter what the culture says about it. We don't we don't v- vote and, and do popularity contests on on the word of God. We we just preach faithfully the word. Of God, and that's that's what we're going to strive to do, and that too is a part of our worship, along with reading worship, and that's something I really had not given a whole lot of thought to here recently. I, I've got some exciting ideas about how t- to incorporate more public reading of Scripture into our services, and I'll be talking to you about how we can do that um, here in the, in the next month or so. And um, but, anyways, going going back to the main theme here, that's the elements of worship. And you know what, I i was excited about preaching on this subject Sunday because it's so important and it's so impactful. And I want us all on the same page as we move. I don't want people to think, well, we're going to this new building. Is it going to be new worship? Is it going to be new this or old this? And so I wanted to give people a picture of what our worship is going to be like and what all it includes and how we can better participate in and prepare for worship. And I was excited about preaching it. I, was, I have been even more encouraged with, in talking to people after the service. People were so supportive. And, um, and, and I was just encouraged by that. And I'm excited about, you know, our, our move. And I'm excited about it being a place where we as God's people worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I just believe with, with all my heart that if we'll be faithful, and obedient to God's word, then the Holy Spirit can do far more than we could ever do in our own energy, you know, and in our own power. Thanks so much for listening to the Deeper Dive uh, podcast today. Um, if you're on our email list, be, be checking your email box. We've got a, a lot of information going out, a lot of opportunities going out, and I've, I've already sent out a couple of emails this week. We'll probably send out another one. Uh, we didn't send out as many emails during um, COVID, but those are coming back out now. So, so be sure to check your inbox and uh, watch out for phone trees and and other announcements. Um, just before we go, let me ask you again in your prayer time to remember uh, Colin and Lauren, our student pastor and his wife, and and Colin's family. They lost. Uh, his, he lost his grandmother this past weekend. The funeral will be on Thursday, and I know it's been a difficult week for them. And uh, let's, just, let's just pray for their family uh, and pray that God will wrap his loving arms around them. I'm, I'm so grateful. I, I've felt this in my own life. I've seen it in the lives of others that God's grace is sufficient for good times and bad. And let's just pray that that his grace will be real in their lives. Hope to see you all uh, at church on Wednesday night, and if not, on Sunday morning. Thanks again for listening.
0: Have a great week. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to the Deeper Dive podcast. Please subscribe, review, and be watching for the next episode. For further information or to reach Pastor Jamie, go to www.jamestownbaptist.com. You can also follow Pastor Jamie on Twitter at Pastor James 3 Until next time, our hope for you comes from 2 Corinthians 13-14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.